you're about to get lucky with the Bare Naked Money podcast, the show that gives you the naked truth about personal finance with your hosts, Josh Shellick and Colin White, portfolio managers with WLWP Wealth Planners, IA Private Wealth. Welcome to Bare Naked Money. This is our 2021 retrospective uh, occasion. So Josh and I are going to chat about our favorite stories in 2021. Now, Josh, when I was getting ready for this, the very first thing I found out was when I went looking to see what other people thought were big stories in 2021, I found lists of 2021 top news stories categories. So, wow, we could go anywhere with this. So I'm specifically going to go a couple of different places. I can't wait to see what you picked. Yeah. I gravitated more towards the, what other people thought were big stories than what I thought really mattered because, well, we've been getting naked here all year for our listeners, Colin, and I just thought we should be naked one last time to end off the year and tell people what we really think about some of the things that the media thinks is important. Well, you know, like I said, I found a, a pretty wide and varied list and I picked for many of those lists just as I specifically, even if our listeners are not as interested, I'm very interested in what your take is on what some of these, these, these top stories were. Can't so, wait. Do, do you, do you want to throw out the first story now and to inform our listeners in tr full transparency, I've got no idea what's in Josh's list and Josh has got no idea what's on my list. So you're going to get this absolutely fresh. So Josh, do you want to, you want to kick off or do you want me to? I'll, I'll start it here, Colin, because I think what, one of the big stories that should resonate with a lot of listeners, a lot of people that do any reading in the media whatsoever, meme stocks, <laughs> our favorite topic, <laughs> meme stocks. And actually I'm, I'm going to broaden this topic a little bit and, and talk about what I'm going to call hype stocks. And I'm talking about this because, Hey, it's our podcast. We can do what we want, but meme stocks. Yeah. So everybody heard the GameStop story earlier this year. I think everybody heard about it anyway, people going on online message boards and pumping up these companies, these stocks that were seemingly worth very little or worthless in a lot of cases. And they went for a hell of a ride. Yeah, no, they did. And what was interesting was, I mean, this is kind of a regurgitation of all kinds of scams and schemes that have been pulled over the years that gradually the system kind of squeezes out because honestly, you know, at a certain point, and I'm not labeling any of them, but at a certain point you cross the line into fraud and you know, that's bad fraud, bad. So rules get put in place, but it's interesting because John Stewart has even come out in favor of freedom of the market. And, you know, the argument that they're making on that side of the fence is that, you know, wall street's just jealous. So, you know, they're, they're developing a, an, an, an insurgent kind of attitude about it, uh, an esprit de corps about participating in the trenches and this real true capitalism, but there's a dark shadow hanging over it that everybody just seems to be oblivious to that is going to cause way more harm than anything in my not so humble opinion. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you mentioned dark shadow. So. The, the way that I've kind of classified these hype stocks is things that people got all hyped out about when COVID hit and the obvious, I'll call them the obvious winners from a COVID type of thing, right? Your Pelotons, things like that, your, your Robin Hoods, your Zooms. We're, we're, we're recording on Zoom here, full disclosure. So it's a useful app. Doesn't mean it's a good investment. I think this is where people are 
they're struggling to maybe a, a good or a growing company or a good product with a good investment. Very different things. And this, this dark shadow, this dark cloud that you're talking about, Colin, here's what it is. I'm going to read it out to you. Peloton, down 75% from its peak. Orc, popular ETF in the States, down 38% from its peak. GameStop, 57% from its peak. AMC, another meme stock, 61%. Blackberry, 62%. Roku, 52%. Robinhood, 73%. And Zoom, 66%. If you bought any of these stocks at the wrong time, you are being extremely punished right now. Yeah, and I think if you dug deeper into those numbers, because, you know, stocks are valued on the last trade of the day. And, you know, the when they became popular, the volumes on these stocks, you know, shot through the roof. So I think if you actually took a look at the volume trading, that, you know, it, it may even be a little bit, you know, you didn't have to buy it close to a peak because there's a whole bunch of people that bought it close to its peak and are now sitting on it. So, yeah, it's, and when enough people experience enough pain, and they make enough noise to their democratically elected representatives. Those elect those elected representatives are going to go to oh, Iraq or the, the, the SEC and say, "Hey, I lost money." And in the interest of public protection, it's going to bring more regulation to the space in one way, shape, or form sometime in my lifetime. I don't I don't know that it's imminent, but I think enough harm is going to get done or is being done that it's it's going to people are going to demand you know some changes. I guess inside, I'm really hoping everybody learns, but no, we've never learned before. I don't know why we've <laughs> well, this, learned this, this been time. Going on, it's been going on for decades. So people haven't learned. It's, it's, it's actual natural human behavior, human tendency. So it's tough to break habit in a lot of ways. Now, just to, to be clear, to go back to some of my numbers, I totally cherry picked these stocks and I totally cherry picked the points where I measured them from, right? I, I measured from the peak intentionally. And I picked the stocks intentionally to, to demonstrate my point, but I, I think the point is still well made is that these companies have got extremely punished. And, and, and I think that that also feeds well into our philosophy of money management and that it's, you know, it's not about picking the winners. It's about not blowing up. And, yeah. you know, if you spent last year trying to pick winners and the, these stocks legitimately were picked as winners and won for a period of time, but if you stayed playing that game, it blew up. You know, and that's what crushes your financial well-being over time. It's not getting one thing right. It's not getting anything entirely wrong. So, but that's a little self-serving. I had just picked GameStop. Josh turned it into a big thing. <laughs> well, speaking of blowing up, I'm going to go right into my second one here. Cryptocurrencies. Oh, okay. Feel free. Go ahead. You're all wound up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, they just go so naturally together. Cryptocurrencies and meme stocks, right? And the the bitcoin the ethereum these 7000 or some odd cryptocurrencies that are out there now more and more hype surrounding them this year and i think another thing that's that's kind of dangerous for investors so if, did you leave a dogecoin <laughs> but that's a, actually a really good one though, oh okay <laughs> or squidcoin yeah i mean again there's they're, they're portraying themselves and there's a, a large, large and growing group of people that kind of see it as the insurgency against the establishment, you know, down with the man. And, you know, that's, that's a very attractive way of describing things to a generation. You know, you know, they'll want to rebel against something. Well, let's rebel against the monetary system. Yes. Money evil. And, you know, it's, it gets traction and, you know, th therefore it gets spun and therefore it gets talked about. But yeah, we're, we're, we're watching continued volatility in that space that I'm only tangentially aware of because frankly, I've tuned most of it out every, every couple of months, I'll go back and read something on it just to be sure that I'm 
it hasn't changed because in my lifetime, things have changed. You know, again, I've been doing this since before there was an internet and listen to me now. So things do change, but I haven't seen anything from the, the Bitcoin world that has caused me to change any kind of opinion so far in 2021. Yeah, I, I've moved my needle like maybe 10% on this because three years ago, I would have said, this is not a thing. It's going to disappear. Now I think it is a thing. It's going to stick around in some way, shape or form. I still don't think there's going to be 7,000 cryptocurrencies that are worth anything over the long term. I think it's going to be maybe very, very few. The technology has some interest to me. I, I think it could change a lot of things that we do with finance, but like anything that's brand new, most of what's there is not going to survive. Some of them will, but it's probably impossible to tell which ones are going to survive. Well, and, and I guess more importantly for us at the end of the day, we're, we're in the game to make a decision. And right now it's not investable, you know, Correct. it's, it's, it's still at the speculative stage and one day somebody may find a way to reliably make money off of this and you know, the, Hey, I'm all ears. I'll, I'll listen to that conversation. I'll dive into those numbers, but to Josh's point to pick, which of the thousands that are out there now are going to be those providers. No, that's, that's nothing we're going to get into. But Josh, you, you're really being single tracked with this. Like you're not really widening your view to all the spectacular things that happened in 2021. And, you know, I was a little bit more diverse in my sourcing for stories. So, you know, one of the big things that happened this year is, you know, Britney Spears is free. <laughs> I mean, did you follow oh, that? <laughs> you, you are, you are diverse. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, didn't you follow any of that? I mean, I, I'll, I'll be truthful. I followed it against my will. I wasn't able to escape it, but you know, that, that, that was a pretty big human interest story for 2021. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I think I know a decent amount about. Pop culture is not one of those things. I am completely lost when it comes to pop culture. Like, I know who Britney Spears is. I guess that that's a win. But beyond that, I don't know what's happened with her the last 15 years. Oh, I, should, I shouldn't have done that to embarrass you like that. But listen, you know, I'll, I'll stay on the main and I'll do two because you did two. Something else that happened this year that didn't get very much press at all because, well, there was a lot of things taking up our attention. The World Health Organization approved its first malaria in the history of vaccines. And that's a big deal because that's something that is, is continues to ravage underdeveloped countries. And, you know, for whatever combinations of reasons, we haven't turned technology towards fixing it. And, you know, for me, this is one of those technological advancements that kind of happened a little, little off stage, maybe stage left. And it's just gradually going to make, you know, a couple billion people way healthier and you know gradually improve the human condition and and i guess that's what that story did for me was just to kind of stand back and say for all of the tumultuous negative things that are happening there's this groundswell of just really solid little things that are moving the needle in a good direction and it was you know heartening to see the world health organization spend time on something other than COVID. And, you know, this could be a, a game changer and hopefully shines a bit more of attention on, on issues like this that can, you know, make the global human condition a little bit better. Pop quiz. What animal kills more humans than any other animal? I know the answer because we read some of the same stuff, the mosquito. Yeah. So malaria is a, a, a huge thing because a big number of those deaths caused by mosquitoes are malaria related. So. That's a good one. I think it just, it, it speaks to 
human ingenuity. And when you combine that with the speed uh, at which we not only developed a COVID vaccination, but have deployed it to billions of people around the planet. We didn't do this perfectly, but you have to be pretty encouraged about some of the financial progress we've made over the last little while. And as we've said, I think on this podcast multiple times, human ingenuity can solve a lot of problems. Well, it's funny because the first crack that uh, Mr. Gates took at solving the malaria problem was to provide mosquito netting to the villages all over Africa. And, you know, the human ingenuity kicked in and they said, hey, this would make a great fish net. So they started using the mosquito netting to catch fish. But the problem was that the mosquito netting was treated with an antifungal agent to keep it from rotting. And that poisoned a bunch of people. So there are times where human ingenuity screws up and, you know, but hey, we're, we're not done trying. We'll, we'll, we'll move on to the next thing. So, yeah. So, you know, there's, if you look for it and you think about it, you know, things like that happened in 2021 and not to jump into, cause I'm sure Josh or I will hit on our list talking about, you know, COVID this year, but necessity is the mother of invention, the technology that's been advanced and, and pushed through and, and had to be accepted. A lot of technology struggles with acceptance. A lot of advancements struggle with acceptance. If your house is on fire, you're willing to accept a wider range of, of strategies. And, you know, that's largely what we dealt with this year. But I'm sorry, I'm not going to go to three because two is too many and Josh wants a turn. Well, I'm switching back to the finance-related track, Colin. And surprise, real estate, surprise. Real estate. This is a big, big deal for pretty much everybody in Canada right now. We talk to a lot of people in Canada from a lot of different walks of life and a lot of different areas of the country. And I would say pretty confidently that everybody that I've talked to has seen a dramatic change in their real estate life, whatever that means, whether they're looking for a house, whether they're selling a house, whether they're renting, real estate has been a thing for them this year, coast to coast, literally coast to coast. No, absolutely. I mean, the it's something that is tends not to be that volatile and we've seen volatility in that space this year. Now, again, it was volatility that went straight up, which for people owning houses was great for people looking for houses was bad, but you know, the, the, the sheer size and scope of the change, Nova Scotia just passed a million people. Like we had like 50 or 60,000 people move into this province in the last, what the heck? H-E double hockey sticks is going on. You know, we didn't have an extra 60,000 houses just laying around vacant. You know, we're working hard to build them, eh? But, you know, it's it's difficult for places outside of the major centers to cope with the size of the, the, the migration. It would be the best way to describe it. And that unfortunately sh shadows people's decisions on their life. You know, it it makes finance a part of a decision that probably should be better made on personal choice and personal personal desires, right? Because, you know, where you live, you know, where your family lives and stuff, that should be more about lifestyle. That's a lifestyle choice. And there's an economic component to it for sure. You can't ignore it. But if you let the economic component begin to wag the dog, maybe you make an extra twenty or $30,000 or maybe you're a little bit further ahead financially. But if you're not in the lifestyle situation that you want to live in for the next 20 years, don't do it. Like that's, it's not worth, you know, sacrificing quality of life or sacrificing other principles you find important. So I think, you know, the unfortunate side of this, I mean, the fortunate side is some people are making a lot of money. The unfortunate side is it's maybe made the financial aspect of owning property, um, 
disproportionately important in decision-making for people. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. I think just to reiterate some of what we've said throughout the year, your decision-making as it comes to, to real estate and, and prices right now, it really depends on what your objective is. If your goal is to buy a place for the next 10 or 20 years, you probably don't need to worry too much about 10, 20, 30,000 one way or the other. Considering that it's within your financial means to, to extend yourself to, to where you're going. That's hugely important. Don't, don't overextend yourself. Yep. If you're looking for a rental property, on the other hand, and looking to make a buck over the next three to five years, well, with the pace of increase in some of these real estate values and the seemingly connection with interest rates, you may not want to be extending yourself too far to buy a new rental property or add that third project to your list or you know, cottage that you think is going to appreciate in value by five to 10% per year for the next five years. Because, hey, newsflash, real estate doesn't always appreciate like this. We had a full decade in the 90s, not too long ago, where real estate was basically flat for the entire decade. So people forget about that because it was more than 20 years ago. People hardly remember what happened 20, 20 days ago, but that was a thing. So don't overextend yourself. Well, the other reality is now, and I actually had a conversation with a client very recently where they were looking at buying a house and they looked at a property that was over $600,000 and it needed work. And they went out and talked to a builder and they could build ostensibly the same property. They could build it for 480000 and get something brand new. So, you know, if those decisions are in the marketplace, and again, this is one data point, but at a certain point, the real estate gets to a point where it's cheaper to build something. And then a lot, there's a lot more pressure put on that side. And when all of that, you know, when all those houses get built and all that supply comes online, that could be, you know, negative for the existing housing prices. And I think the pace of building, I don't know, you know, anywhere I'm exposed to the pace of building is just unhinged. Like I have not seen as many buildings going up all across Canada. So, you know, I think there's, the market's going to level here. We're, we're going to get enough supply to begin to meet demand. And at that point, that's not going to be positive for prices, of, you know, for a period of time. Yeah. See, this is going to be a good debate at some point in the future. We don't need to debate it now, but supply meeting demand. And I think I would have a very different perspective sitting here from the GTA than, than you are going to have in Nova Scotia there. So I, I think that totally depends where you are and building prices just for the record have gone up exponentially over yep. the last couple of years as well. Cause lumber's way up, copper's way up, labor's way up, concrete's way up. Yeah. So don't, don't think that you're going to buy a plot of land and put a house up for half the price that you could buy a new one. Cause that's not a thing either for the most part. No, 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 it isn't. And again, it's, you're right. You know, we, on this podcast, we're charged with you know, drawing opinions and giving thoughts, but you know, if you really want to dig into any of these topics, the nuances could absorb, you know, a university level course if we really wanted to get into it. But we're on to the next story, right, Josh? You got it. What do you have? Oh, I get to go next. Cool. We're going to go one for one now. That's so generous. You know what we did this year as, as humans, we flew on Mars. We actually had something flying on another planet. Like just walk around in that for a second, Josh, you must've seen that. You must've seen the pictures that were, were, were brought back when that happened. Yep. Again, human ingenuity. Pretty awesome. You know, and again, I think this is one of those you know, little, it's, I mean, for the geeks, they kind of hang their hats on it as, ooh, look, this is cool. But it's, it's a bit of a signpost for exactly the progress that we're making 
from a technological perspective. And you know, that's how the geeks get attention. Like they do, they do stuff like that. Other members of this planet get attention, you know, doing things different ways. But, you know, again, this is for me, goes hand in hand with all the other scientific advancements and for everybody who's worried about the failure of, of, of humankind, these little stories like this go, oh, if we can figure that out. We probably can figure some other stuff out too. And no, it's not an investment opportunity. <laughs> Crap. Gee, that I sounds like one of those, those hype stocks that I was talking oh, about earlier. Holy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Josh, I tell you what, let's launch a SPAC that's going to fund flight on other planets. Is it now what I'm sure Elon Musk has already done? <laughs> yes. We, I forgot the disclaimer for our podcast. Nothing we're talking about. Here's an investment idea. Yeah. Next for me, pervasive for the last six months, for sure. Inflation and supply chain disruptions. I've, I've kind of combined it to two. They're, they're tied at the hip. Everything is basically disrupted now from a supply chain perspective, whether you're looking for raw materials or labor or whatever. Everything in one way, shape, or form is, has been disrupted. The raw materials are disrupted. The computer chips are disrupted. And if you can find something without a raw material or a computer chip in it, let me know. Cause I think this is just about everything on the planet right now. So it's been an interesting period of time for inflation and for supply chains. And a lot of people are now extrapolating this for multiple years into the future. I would just take a step back here and say, hey, Human ingenuity, remember what we've been talking about? We're probably going to figure this out at some point over the next couple of years. Well, it's also interesting as I was reflecting on this over the last little while, because it has been a pretty major theme, but one of the things that's been disrupted is globalization. Like the move that we had towards globalization, there's been, and it's been hit on a few fronts. You know, you've had, you know, the Brexit happening. You've had, you know, the U.S.'s change in international stature for, with regards to America first. You've had a few major countries get into spats over trade, which has put a little bit of a, a, a coldness or a chill to the free flow of, of goods and capital across borders. That is in stark contrast to the 10 or 15 or even 20 years leading up to that point. And that was very, you know, that's one of the things that helped keep inflation in line for so long. So you had these geopolitical things start to play out. And then you superimpose the pandemic. And then we're watching what happens with all these natural disasters that we're having in places like BC. It's almost a perfect storm to, to undo globalization. And one of the outcomes of that is going to be inflationary pressures. And then human ingenuity has got to kick in. I mean, the, you know, part of the channel is, part of the challenge is that we have to notice there's a problem and then we have to decide, okay, let's do something about it. And I think this is the year that we're noticing, okay, this is a problem, you know, and now we have to do something about it. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think, I, I think I've started to see some announcements where organizations are changing, where they're producing various things to get closer either to the market or closer to their raw materials to make things a little bit more concrete and not relying on the supply chain so much. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see what that does going forward. Cause again, it's, it's a big, it's a big biological blob that's reacting to the, the, the pressures that it's, that it's seeing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see how things develop on that front, whether there's going to be a lot more domestic manufacturing and sourcing of products or not. I think you're right. We're definitely starting to see that trend. There's been a number of large organizations that have come out and announced that. 
The thing that I'm thinking about is a little bit longer term. Like, is, is this something that's cyclical where at this point we get all panicked about some of this just in time manufacturing that we've basically been spending decades putting in place. Now we unwind it for another couple of decades. And then we realize, Hey, that just in time manufacturing thing can save us a lot of money. <laughs> Why don't we go back to this international trade thing? Like, I, I feel like this is going to be one of those cyclical things or, and when cyclical, when we're talking cyclical in this nature, probably going to take, you know, decades to play out one way or the other, but it will be fascinating to watch. Well, I blame the accountants. So uh, the problem is every once in a while, people start listening too much to the bean counters. Bean counters calculate great, but they're, they're not visionaries and you know, they, they design things that are maybe unintentionally fragile. And you know, that's the way I've described things this year. I mean, we built a system that was unintentionally fragile. It was very, very efficient and it had some redundancies built into it, but it's these black swan events that we're living through black swan events have shaped the human condition through history. Like whether it was the, you know, development of the steam engine or internal combustion engines or, you know, the tech revolution, all of these things were not forecast. It was just in the moment, something happened that dramatically changed a direction and, you know, that's going to keep happening. And I don't, I'm not predicting any more pandemics or anything, but I do know something is going to happen next, whether it's technological related, climate related. Or, or pandemic related, there's going to be other events that are going to sta- shake up the status quo. The most successful animals in nature are not the specialists, they're the generalists, right? You know, if you've got an animal that's exceptional at something, those ones go extinct pretty quickly. It's the ones that can adapt to their environment. And I think that's, you know, at 30,000 feet, what we're going to have to keep in mind. So call a loaded question for you. What's the next black swan event? <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> By definition, we don't know. <laughs> Although I read a great article about grace ones the other day, which I thought was, was, you know, somebody really stretching the metaphor. Uh, but I, I'm not, I'm not remotely in a position to say, I know where I could even conceive of where it comes from. I just know it's out there and that yeah, by, and again, uh, sorry, I keep going back to her from an investment perspective, staying diversified is the whole game. You know, at the moment you think you're smart enough to be smarter than everybody else. You know, you may be smart for a while. You may look really good even for a couple of years, but you know, you're going to live longer than a couple of years. You're going to be around when it crashes. So, although as I get older, maybe I can stop thinking that way. Maybe I can you know, ride out the end in a big blaze of glory by getting something right. Maybe I should start thinking that way. <laughs> yeah. Or, or burn, burn, burn in shame as, as you ride out the door. <laughs> One of the two. Take your pick. There'll be a story. So is it my turn? Go for it. Well, we, we, we touched on, you know, technology and what I would consider that a really great milestone for technology was. So a couple of billionaires went to Mars or went to space. Sorry, not Mars. They went to space. Is that a big deal, Josh? I don't know. I, I think we first went to space, what, in the sixties and now people are going again on more recreational type ventures. So I think it's a big deal in the sense that private enterprise has sort of taken over from public funding in this regard. And I think it's, for me, it's just really fascinating. And I think as it seems like we keep coming back to technology on this podcast, but I, I think it's going to lead to some innovations that are useful in other parts of life. I, I don't think that space travel is going to be an innovation that really changes the game for a lot of people, at least generationally right now. 
but I think there's probably some of that, that money that's being spent from the research and development that's being done is going to translate to other areas of our life. And I think that's going to be really, really fascinating to, to see how that plays out. Yeah. My other thing is they got to hire a PR. Jeff Bezos can't stand at a microphone and thank the workers of Amazon for putting him in space. That was perhaps the most tone deaf thing I have ever heard in my entire existence. I know events like this should be aspirational for humankind and when it's colored a little bit too much with the crazy of the person who's pulling it off, it loses some of its luster. Although I did, I did see a really great comment. And, and I think this is where the inspirational aspect comes from. Keep in mind, we're inspiring, potentially inspiring the next generation to do one thing or another. So to the extent this is seen as aspirational, then it's a fabulous thing. But it was a great meme. There's a guy commenting that the Fonz just called to congratulate Captain Kirk on making it into space. And I watched all of it on my hand computer. 10 year old me is blown away and you know, there, there is something to that. It is, you know, we look for, and we should look for these aspirational things. And again, the critics are going to say, you know, how many homeless could we provide housing for with the same amount of money that was spent on this seemingly frivolous thing. And, and I'm not sure that those two are disconnected. I think that providing inspiring messages or inspirational ideas to people doesn't drive, you know, everybody on average to be doing better. So, but again, I just wanted Josh's take because Josh has to have a more pragmatic take on things. Yeah. I, I'm waiting for the non-financial thing on his list. I'm just waiting for it. I, I was just going to say every Gen Z right now is, is thinking what the hell is a Fonz and Colonel Kirk. Captain Kirk. That, Kirk. That, yeah, that was intentional. That was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> so. The last thing I have on my list here, Colin, is is something that I know has probably driven us crazy all year. And it's it's not specific to finance, but it is pervasive in finance as well, is just general negativity. Oh, dude. The news flow this year and last year has been incredibly negative. Negative on COVID, negative on finances, negative on economies, negative on jobs. And Actually, it's not been such a bad year. You know, on a personal level, it's been a, a pretty big struggle for a lot of people out there with these back and forth lockdowns. But the economy's grown for six straight months here in Canada. It's grown above average globally and in Canada. There's jobs out there for everybody that wants a job right now. Maybe a little bit of training involved, but hey, jobs are there. And stock markets are up, investments are up real estate's up, like financially, it hasn't been that bad of a period of time. So, and, and Hey, by the way, we've, we've done again, a tremendous job with innovating and coming up with vaccines and treatments and everything for, for some of these viruses that are our big issues. So we've said it time and time again, the media's job is to provoke, to evoke emotion from you, to get you to click on that link. And they do that by being I think at most times overly negative and that's extremely frustrating for us. And, and I think there's a lot of positives that we can take away from this year and a lot of positives that we can flow into next year. Yeah. I mean, we always run the risk of sounding a little glib when we talk like this, because again, the personal suffering is real, you know, and there, there's all kinds of personal tragedies that have happened and that's not to minimize any of the pain and suffering that many people and groups of people have felt over the last year. You know, but Josh's point still stands and I'm a thousand percent behind it. You know, the, the news organizations are there to capture eyeballs. So they try to, you know, this is the worst trading day this week. I mean, come on, really? <laughs> That's the headline you want to lead with of all the things you could have wrote. 
but again, they're, they're looking for the clicks. I mean, my, you know, talking about, and I challenge, the, I mean, I, in the comment section, I assume we have a comment section. How many people knew that the World Health Organization approved a malaria vaccine this year? How many people knew that we flew on Mars? How many saw those news stories? You know, because I would argue that those are very important milestones and they're things that we should be talking about. But I also believe that we're not paying enough attention to those, you know, less popular, but maybe more impactful long-term things. But that's the human condition. The human condition is that, oh my God, it's on fire. And we've commented this before. It's the whole snakes and ladders, you know, oh my God, inflation's worse than it's ever been. Oh, that's terrible. It's going to wreck your retirement. What? I've got the solution. What's the solution? And if you watch news stories with, you know, whole snakes and ladders, so the whole is inflation. The snakes is, it's going to wreck your retirement. The ladder is, I've got the solution. If you apply that to news stories as you're listening to them, you can pretty quickly figure out what's going on so that when they offer you the letters, like, no, nah, I'm okay with the snakes. They're not going to bite. Right. But it's, it's very effective. It's very, very effective. So finish soft call. And what else do you have on your list? I canceled hockey. I'm going to end, end on a down note. I've been up, I've been up all, all, all along this, but they canceled hockey, Josh. I mean, Josh, I can't, what are they doing? For a few days, but good, good news, Colin. I'll bring you out of despair. We do have the world juniors that are starting on boxing day. So you got a little bit of, of hockey content to carry you through. I know you're a basketball fan. You still got basketball going. Everything's going to be okay. Colin optimistic. Josh is here. You'll be fine. <laughs> wow. We completely flipped it in one podcast. This is amazing. It's a Christmas miracle, Josh. <laughs> it's a time to spread holiday cheer, Colin. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, as always, we're looking for feedback. Uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to hear us talk about. We take requests. Well, as long as Catherine tells us we can take them, we take requests. So thanks for tuning in. Yeah. And more than thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for tuning in all year. We really appreciate all the listenership and Hey, we'll, we'll be here getting naked for you more naked than ever next year. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at that. This information has been prepared by White LeBlanc Wealth Planners, who is a portfolio manager for IA Private Wealth. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the portfolio manager only and do not necessarily reflect those of IA Private Wealth Inc. IA Private Wealth Inc. is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. IA Private Wealth is a trademark and business name under which IA Private Wealth Inc. operates. We've noticed something. It seems there are a lot of people who would rather try to figure out their lives with an online calculator than air your finances to a human. Stop doing that. You need to talk to someone who can help direct you, tell you where to start with what you've got to make the biggest impact on your future. You can't figure that out at doihaveenoughcash.com, but you can figure it out by chatting with us. Call us. It'll be okay. You'll see.
content of this presentation, including facts, views, opinions, recommendations, descriptions of, or references to products or securities, is not to be used or construed as investment advice, as an offer to sell, or the solicitation of an offer to buy, or an endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Although we endeavor to ensure its accuracy and completeness, we assume no responsibility for any reliance upon it. This should not be construed to be legal or tax advice, as every client situation is different. This podcast has been prepared for information purposes only. The tax information provided in this podcast is general in nature, and each client should consult with their own tax advisor, accountant, and lawyer before pursuing any strategy described herein, as each client's individual circumstances are unique. We've endeavored to ensure the accuracy of the information provided at the time that it was written. However, should the information in this podcast be incorrect or incomplete, or should the law or its interpretation change after the date of this document, the advice provided may be incorrect or inappropriate. There should be no expectation that the information will be updated, supplemented, or revised, whether as a result of new information, changing circumstances, future events, or otherwise. We are not responsible for errors contained in this podcast or to anyone who relies on the information contained in this podcast. Please consult your own legal and tax advisor.